Hey guys, Court here, and welcome to Hard Knock University, the show where we hear the amazing stories of everyday people who have overcome self-destructive behavior, such as addiction, eating disorders, and self-harm, just to name a few. For today's episode, I'll just be going over my story, basically what happened to me, how it felt to go through it, and what I'm doing today. I was adopted by very loving LDS parents the day after I was born, and they had nothing but the best intentions for me growing up. That being said, they had no experience with anybody who was an addict or anybody who had problems with substances. That just wasn't something they were familiar with because their whole family, for as long as they knew, was LDS. Looking back, I can see and realize where my addictive tendencies started. It was with candy, basically. When I was a little boy, I loved candy. It was like crack to me, and my whole family could tell you that also. Anytime we had a Sunday dinner, I was sniffing out the candy bowl. I was gorging myself until I was sick, and this went on for years. I'm not saying that my parents should have recognized and tried to intervene, because that's just crazy. All kids love candy. But for me, that's where it started. This has been with me for a very long time. There's a pattern that I can see of me turning to substances or materialistic things to comfort me when I was feeling down or sad. Because according to the Mormon church, with the gospel in your life, you should have no reason to be unhappy. And when the church wasn't providing me with those good feelings, it was hard for me to turn to my parents and describe to them how I was feeling as a teenager. We just didn't have that open line of emotional communication with each other. Because according to them, I should have just been able to turn to God, and he would have all the answers for me. But I was forced to participate in this church and all the things associated with it, and forcing someone to do something is a good way to make them very resistant to that thing also. So between being forced to participate in the church and not having anybody to emotionally support me, it led me to seek out rebellious behavior and hang around people my parents did not approve of. I quickly became friends with these rebellious kids, and we soon discovered weed and drinking and prescription pills together, and we would just party hard all the time. This behavior went on for a couple of years, and I was very good at hiding it. I don't think, honestly, my parents had any idea that I was getting higher drunk a lot. And then one day in high school, I got caught skipping class and smoking weed with a couple of my buddies, and I was placed on probation because of this. And most people would think probation would be a good thing for a kid struggling with substances. But for me, it just made the problem a whole lot worse because I could no longer smoke weed all the time like I wanted to, so I had to turn to things that only stayed in my system for like one to three days. Things like alcohol, Xanax, opiates, you name it, I was taking it if it was in my system for three days or less. I developed a method and I could get around the urine tests because I would just stop doing things for the few days before the test came up. And I actually ended up getting off of probation like nine months early. This fostered an attitude in me that I was above the law and that I could do whatever I wanted. And it led to worse partying and I started using opiates recreationally. I didn't develop a physical addiction, but boy, after I graduated high school, I loved those things. And then one day, I got into a car accident and broke my arm very badly. And I had to have a plate and a bunch of screws put in it to put it all back together. 
And as most of you know, with a major surgery like that comes a major amount of painkillers, opiates. And I was prescribed a large amount of opiates for about six months straight. And I'm not sure if the doctor just didn't know or if he didn't care, but at the end of those six months, I was severely addicted and he just cut me off. So that led to me seeking out friends who had pain pills, other people who knew where to get pain pills. I was buying them for tons of money and things just started to get really bad from here. I began stealing to support my habit. My grandma had a bunch of money set aside for me for college. I figured out a way to pull that early and it all went to pills. And I was just bouncing around Utah and Idaho, going from job to job, living with who I could and doing what I could to get by. I started selling weed at one point and I was very good at selling weed. And I had tons of money coming in that I didn't know what to do with and the addiction just got worse and worse. I started going from hydrocodone and Percocet pills to smoking Oxycontin and heroin. I was feeling massive amounts of guilt and shame and this just led to me seeking out opiates more and more. And the cycle just continued on and on until eventually I started shooting up heroin because it got too expensive to buy pills or to just buy heroin to smoke it. When you shoot up something, it has 100% bioavailability, meaning you absorb every little bit that you put into your body. Any other method, like eating the pills or smoking, you get about 25 to 50% bioavailability. So using a needle was the only way I could afford my habit at this point. I ended up homeless, living out of my car. I was stealing from stores. I picked up a few shoplifting charges. I was placed in jail a couple of times. And I was just in a terrible spot, mentally, emotionally, physically. I was on the verge of death, and I knew it. There were a couple of times that I tried to kill myself even by doing way more than I knew I should. But somehow I didn't die, and slowly I was remembering how life used to be, about how promising life seemed for me in high school. I was very smart. I could pass a test without studying. I was good at writing. I was a decent athlete. I was very good at cross country and track. I was the fastest in my school at any given race from the 100 meter to the three mile when I was a senior. And these memories started coming back to me when I was in this low point and I was sick of associating myself with junkies and homeless people and just terrible people. I knew I was better than that deep down. And I was really sick of living my life in pursuit of a chemical. I hated how I needed it to feel normal. When I didn't have the chemical, I went into massive amounts of withdrawal. I was physically sick to the point of not being able to get up hardly and do anything for myself. After about four years of addiction, the withdrawals went beyond the physical symptoms. My mind would scream out for opiates when I didn't have them. It was all I could focus on. I was obsessed with them. I would do anything to get opiates. It didn't matter who I had to steal from, what I had to do. My whole life belonged to heroin at this point. I was feeling very conflicted because I didn't know how to get out of this situation. 
I did drugs because I felt terrible, and I felt terrible because I did drugs. All of these feelings came to a head one time when I got out of jail, and I ended up opening up to my mom and telling her that I had been addicted to opiates for about five years and that I needed help. So my parents being the amazing people they are, they immediately came and picked me up and took me to a detox facility where I spent three days and where I was introduced to buprenorphine. After those three days, I went to a treatment facility called Aloha Behavioral Consultants and I was put on a buprenorphine maintenance program which basically kept me from going into those withdrawals. For those of you unfamiliar with buprenorphine, it is what is called a partial opioid agonist, meaning that it keeps you from going into withdrawal, but it also doesn't get you high. And it binds to your opioid receptors so strongly that if you try to take any other opiate, it will block them and be ineffective. This was an ideal drug for me because withdrawals were my weakest point. I could not handle it. After years of being addicted and going through withdrawal and giving in to the withdrawal every time, I was very weak. And through this medication and through therapy, I slowly but surely built up my confidence that I was bigger than this addiction. That being said, I still did have my weak points and I relapsed a couple of times in the beginning. But each time I relapsed, my parents were still there for me and they could still see the progress that I was making. Rather than being angry about it, they were understanding and loving and it was just amazing. Over these two years since I stopped doing heroin, I've been able to rebuild my relationship with my family and it's better than ever. Through their love for me, I was able to start loving myself again and I became empowered to not go back to that lifestyle because I was sick of disappointing myself, I was sick of disappointing my family, and I knew that I was stronger than this addiction and that I did not want to die. The love of my family combined with the therapy I received gave me the strength and courage to keep going down this path and I slowly tapered off the buprenorphine. It was not easy, I felt withdrawal every time I took a step down, but it was so worth it because I could not remember what it was like to not be dependent on a chemical. And now today, I can honestly say that if anybody offered me opiates, I would take them and throw them in the trash and immediately punch that person in the face. Because I know that the relief I would get from opiates would only be temporary and that it would bring much more destruction than it would ever bring good. These days, true happiness for me lies in helping other people and seeing smiles on other people's faces because of me. And now all I want to do is help other people get over their addictions because I know how terrible it is. If you are struggling and you have nobody to talk to, feel free to reach out to me. I'll go ahead and put my email in the show notes here. We can have a chat and I'll see what I can do to help you because I know tons of methods. I'm nobody special and if I could do this, you can do anything. If you want to know more about me and my story, look out for my book. It's called Hard Knock Handbook, and I'm hoping to have it finished up by the end of this year. Thank you so much for joining me for this first episode, and feel free to hit that subscribe button for future episodes. Enjoy the rest of your day, guys.